0: That's just Henry Liggett, I don't know who that is <laughs> uh,
1: Henry Ligget.
0: So I think, I think
2: people cool. like conversations better anyway
0: Absolutely. Absolutely Do you want to
2: introduce our guest at least?
0: Yeah, so Billy Ball is editor, is that correct?
2: Yes, managing editor.
0: Managing editor of Cardinal and Pine. Billy's also worked for uh, North Carolina Policy Watch, Independent Weekly, and he uh, followed me as a crime and courts and government reporter at the Sanford Herald. Billy replaced me after Billy Liggett (laughs) fired me in 2010. We like to bring that up. Um, (laughs) at least at least once an episode that's right that's right so we don't have to bring it up again but yeah so we've all known each other for a while Billy you and I actually never worked together but we've known each other a long time Mm -hmm. why don't you tell us about Cardinal and Pine and how it all got started
2: yeah sure absolutely and uh, thanks for having me on Uh, y'all always always enjoy the rant so um, absolutely yeah Cardinal and Pine uh, right now we're we're very much a, a baby news outlet you know, we're not even a toddler yet, but I'm excited about where we're going. Uh we're uh part of a, a new nonprofit chain of uh of newspapers, part of the courier newsroom that is uh looking to invest in uh progressive progressive news outlets that try to combat a lot of the uh the misinformation that we've seen. Put out there in a good many states, and I, I'm, I'm sure that you folks have seen some of the reporting about this. And you know, the Atlantic had a piece some months back about the billion dollars that was being pumped into misinformation. So, oh, yeah. you know, as as a career journalist, and, and I, I, I think one of the the recurring themes that that I've seen um, here and in previous outlets where I worked was that it always seemed like we were outgunned by those. By those uh, misinformation groups, you know, we had a we had a fake news operation in, in North Carolina that was I'm not going to mention their name, but but uh, but we were writing about this when I was at Policy Watch that so was just putting out this really like race baiting fake, just totally uh, made up stuff, and and I was shocked and appalled at the fact that they managed to uh to compete with us in terms of followers and then surpass us at policy watch within a matter of weeks. <laughs> mm. You know, it was it was unnerving to think about and and, and really I, I don't really I'm not trying to freak everybody out but but I do think it's it's very serious that we have uh that we have people who are willing to invest in uh putting real news on the ground. We're, we we certainly do progressive reporting and I write progressive commentaries there um but you know, facts are are our first to us, and uh, so we're putting a team on the ground. We're we're really looking to to build into a space where we can have not only a, a good many uh, op eds from from diverse voices across this state, but we can have news that 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 not only hits on the politics that we see in our in our big cities. Well, I take that back. Some would say North Carolina has no big cities, <laughs> but you know, uh, but not only in our in our urban centers with uh, with, with Raleigh and, and with Charlotte and the, the state legislature, but but also parts of the state that that are really overlooked. Those so called news deserts that don't have local news operations. Eastern North Carolina, like the place where I'm from, in Elizabeth City. So. Um, you know, I, I think that our job is a huge one. We're trying to to tackle that, provide some some fact based information, and and uh, do it in a timely fashion, and and hope not hope that we don't get overwhelmed by by, by Trump based misinformation. So, right. so yeah, that that that's that's my uh, elevator pitch, long elevator so, pitch.
1: So, Billy, I've I've been pretty struck by like the. Breadth of your coverage, uh, in the I mean, you just really jumped on the scene and you have had all kinds of great stories. And, and I mean, well, I'm not trying to suck up to you, but I just never seen a, an outlet jump in like this, except you know, with the exception of the rant. Um, but you know, you guys have stories on everything from you know, police to NASCAR. To the, I mean, it just seems like every day I have something new to read, so um, yeah, been impressed.
2: Well, thank you. I, I think right now, as I said, it's still evolving. But but we've been blessed with with um, with a good many like really quality reporters that we were able to bring on early who are freelancers. Um, you know, it's a blessing for us, but it's also a reflection of the fact that so many of our traditional outlets in North Carolina have just been laying off reporters.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, right. You know,
2: and and. You know, we've talked about the the Paxton Papers, which the Sanford Herald was owned by, and then the the uh, McClatchy Papers, and 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 these types of papers that have put uh, good journalists out of work because they they couldn't meet their bottom line. So a lot of those reporters are, you know, it's been a blessing for us that we've been able to ask them to to do some writing for us, and also we're building up our team and and yeah. uh, got some good support. So
0: <laughs> you seem to be doing a lot of. Uh, state level coverage mm-hmm. and a lot of what you write, I mean you developed a really distinctive voice, I think, particularly when you got to uh, uh, policy watch mm-hmm. and so your work doesn't look a whole lot different than it did before, but mm-hmm. because you maintain all those contacts that you have yeah but so how how has your how has your job changed even mm-hmm. while some of the work looks kind of similar in tone
2: it's a lot more meta you know, <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're trying to, you know, I'm trying to, to, to juggle a few more issues than I, I think that I was trying to take on at Policy Watch and, uh, and do it credibly. I, I don't want to just uh, try to dive into, to, uh, to, to a wide range of issues. You know, Jonathan, you complimented the breadth of our coverage. One of the things that that's been really important to me is that we're not only hitting a variety of topics, I want to do it well. I'm not trying to put out some very weak uh, material um, for people to read because you know I mean it's not just a matter of, of doing good journalism it's also just good business nobody wants to come back to 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 read right. something like that um, so you know I think that that's been that that's been a new task to to sort of juggle but but also trying to as I mentioned before I, I think a real emphasis of what we're trying to do at Cardinal and Pine. Is be effective at reporting on issues in those overlooked uh, rural parts of the state that I mentioned. This is an issue for every outlet in North Carolina that that every outlet tries and has often struggled to to deliver on those those parts of the state where the closest local news operation is ninety minutes down the road or something, you know. So I, I think one of the challenges has been uh, trying to to connect with the riders in those areas because again I. I want this to be credible. So we don't want it to just look like people are parachuting in and like tourists and and riding on issues that, that matter to you because people, North Carolinians pick up on that. Right. Uh, um, And and they're immediately skeptical of it and it's not the right way to do it. So we're, it's still a work in progress. There's a lot more work to do. Um, But I'm excited with what we started with. how do you go ahead.
3: So I was (laughs) going to ask how, um, we're all former newspaper people that have in some way tried to approach journalism from a different angle. And with Cardinal and Pine, I would imagine, um, one of the difficulties is just, and I know you already spoke to this a little bit, but just getting off the ground. Mm -hmm. Um, I know with your publication, it's important word of mouth, social media shares, Mm -hmm. uh, how how did all that happen? How did it go from posting your first story to now having thousands and thousands of people read a story? Now, mm-hmm. um, it seemed like it did happen pretty quickly, but what what was the process there? What was your strategy?
2: Well, you know, one of the things that I'm, I'm really impressed with with Courier is that they're they're very intentional in in building uh, those networks, finding uh, ways to seed your content with. With uh, and find those audiences through social media. You know, one of the 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 interesting slash incredibly bizarre things is that we started this right smack in as coronavirus started shutting everything down. Obviously, when we started planning for Cardinal and Pine, we didn't anticipate that. <laughs> we should have, but we didn't. Um, like like most people in the U.S. So. So you know, it made the impetus even greater for for us to to try to connect with people through through a means that that traditional news outlets have have really struggled to to uh, connect. You know, through those social media channels, through Facebook, uh, love it or hate it, and and I have a lot of things that 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 I think Facebook does extra, extraordinarily poorly with, and that has has to do with the misinformation, but but. Facebook love it or hate it is still one of the ways that, that people are that, that if you're a new news outlet, you're going to try to connect with people. It's,
0: and, I mean, it's been the primary vehicle for the rant. There's, yeah. there's no doubt about it. We have Twitter, we have mm-hmm. email subscriptions, but I mean, 95 to 98% of people I, I imagine see, see our things through Facebook. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And
3: that's, I mean, that's how we get people in, but then you find that your homepage, if, if you really study your analytics, and we've we found that our own pa- our homepage clicks keep going up, even on days where we don't have something big or we don't have
2: mm-hmm.
3: um, something going on. People get it's habitual. People get into the habit uh, in their morning news cycle. If you can become a part of that cycle, then you're in. Yeah, you know, and as long as you keep um, providing the content, then, uh, then that's how you get in. I think that's, that's, what's important. I know big stories are important, but just becoming a part of their, their habitual news reading is, is really, um, I mean, think about all the ways we consume news on the internet. Mm-hmm. We probably have three or four sites bookmarked. Mm-hmm. If you can become one of those bookmarks, yeah, then, uh, that's the goal, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if people pick up on, on not only, I think, the, the content that you're putting out, but the, the, the character of the people who are making it, uh, I think that, that one of the ways, and I'm going to suck up to y'all now, one of the ways that the rant has been so effective is that all of y'all have such interesting, charismatic personalities. That really comes through in the work you do. So people are not just coming there for the topics. They come there for, for the people who are doing it and then it becomes a rotation. And, and, um, you know, one of my, my old colleague at policy watch, Chris Fitzsimon used to, used to refer to it as, as feeding the beast. It's like you, uh, if you start something up new, it's like, you're raising this, this large dog. And at some point you have to keep feeding that,
0: right. (laughs) Uh, That
2: that St. Bernard, if you're, if you're lucky. Um, so, you know, we're not there yet at Cardinal Pine. So we're, we're working on it, but the, uh, but but yeah, once you once you build that up, you you, you have to keep feeding it and and, and giving uh, giving your readers what they want and let them give you the direction.
3: So you mentioned the word progressive.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, I made a mistake in my very first column at the Sanford Herald of using that word, mm-hmm. um, and I didn't know. I was naive. I didn't know that it had a negative connotation to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I thought progressive meant progress, and it was a positive mm-hmm. word and. Mm -hmm. Um, some of my early uh, um, criticism from readers was we don't need a left-wing publication here Uh, (laughs) so the reason I bring that up is that's the way news is now it seems Um, Mm -hmm. it's very political but how do you balance you do go after people like Senator Burr and uh, and people who are making just terrible decisions and, and deserve every word that's printed about them. But how, how do you balance um, the strong opinions that maybe lean left with providing news that can blanket everybody? And that and that's one of the things that we try to do with Rant is, yes, we have our strong opinions, but we also try to report on news that regardless of where you lean, that's important to you. Is is that part of your approach as well?
2: Yeah. and And I think that you know, my approach has been to try to keep it as simple as possible. You know, yes, I'm I'm certainly a a progressive and and have been for years. I was raised by a very conservative family. And I frequently one of the top commenters on our on our stories at Cardinal and Pine is my mother, who's still very conservative, and she lets us have it, man. Um, <laughs> And then it, and then shares our content, which I love. She she shares it great. right after she pounds us. That's great. Uh, but uh, but you know, I, I try to keep it simple and say, if this isn't about the facts and 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 making sure that you are sticking to the truth without distorting, um, if if you want distortion or, or misinformation, then I don't think it's a very progressive viewpoint at all. You know. So so I think it's very, you know, and and honestly. You, if there was a, a strong conservative sitting right next to me, they would probably say as well that, that, you know, um, you know, prior to Trump, we, we believe that, that the things that, that that are the backbone of what we believe in are based on facts. So, I mean, that's changed in the modern Republican party. And I, I don't know whether it'll change back, but, but, you know, there certainly there've been, there've been folks on both sides who, who who have distorted things, but but I think we're in a in a whole new world right now as far as as the misinformation. I, I don't think we've ever seen anything like this. I don't think that you can. One of the things that I say to people, we're facing an unprecedented amount of misinformation. I don't think you can look to old means to try to combat this this new flood of, of information. We're, right. And it's not just a matter of the the economics of it I, I think people have changed how they consume their media so so you have to to uh, to be a realist about about how this works I, I wish that everyone was just sitting around reading their hometown paper and we could do this but it's not that way anymore so we have to adapt and and, and that means finding non-traditional ways of, of, of investing in in fact-based journalism but that said you stick to the facts and I think that 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 you're always going to be in a good spot. You might take, you might get dinged by people on the right. I've been dinged by people on the left for one of the biggest stories I wrote involved sexual misconduct allegations yeah. against a, a major Democrat. Like you're going to get pounded by somebody if you right. things that you're writing are, are are not convenient to them. But but you know, stick to the facts, and I think not only can you can you sleep at night, but you can also uh, do some good for for North Carolina.
0: One of the things that I tell a lot of people who know the other work that I've done, I've been involved in political campaigns and they ask me, well, you know, you're a Democrat and you're presenting the news. Can I trust you? And Mm -hmm. what I tell them is, well, you know, take a look at our at our work and take a look at it as a whole. Mm -hmm. But also you can disagree with our conclusions, but hopefully you won't be able to disagree with our facts. And that's the thing. That's the approach that we've tried to take. I, I want to be fair to everybody. I don't want to just pick on Republicans. Like I get accused of sometimes, but mm-hmm. you know, I've, I've quote unquote picked on Democrats at mm-hmm. times too, like you did with you. Well, you weren't picking on, what was his name? Representative Hall.
2: Representative Dwayne Hall.
0: Yeah. yeah. You yeah. weren't picking on him when you reported his sexual misconduct allegations. It was a story and you went where the facts took you.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, I think you're absolutely right that if if we can all agree on those basic facts at the at the core of this then 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 maybe we can we can discover some convergence on our conclusions but but we've obviously had such a a disagreement about what makes a fact and what doesn't make a fact and and I think that this has been a real challenge for for media um you know when I was in journalism school. 20 years ago, I don't want to talk about how long ago it was, (laughs) Uh, you know, even, even then we were, we were starting to talk about the struggles of of journalism to be sustainable on the local level, but, but nobody was talking about trying to, to compete with, with um, a flood of things that are just inaccurate, you know, take like a basic thing, like Donald Trump saying it wasn't raining at his inauguration. Right. You know, this is one of those issues where where I think that that traditional media struggled because there was the, not to use that annoying catchphrase that Fox news rolls with the fair and balanced thing, but, but traditional media stuck to this fair and balanced thing and and you can be fair and not be balanced because, because if somebody tells you something that is blatantly untrue, that, that you as a reporter, it's your job to establish what is true and what isn't true, then, then I think that, that it's your role to, to correct that in the writing you state that clearly for your readers and if you don't if you just let those things lie or if you try to you know we're going to give equal space to somebody who's telling you that a ball is triangle shaped
0: right you know, you know yeah, balances yeah. well gordon says that billy lives on mars and billy says that billy lives in north carolina uh-huh. and not attempting to determine which of those is correct
1: <laughs> yeah yeah there's no both sides to truth you know yeah there's there's just
0: truth you can present competing claims and then also figure out which one has the most credibility
1: i think Uh that that whole the both the both sides thing you know argue both sides uh that was the most infuriating part of the 2016 election Mm -hmm. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: just in general it's just you know i'm not saying hillary was great i'm just it it, it was pretty awful
0: well get ready for get ready for (laughs) part two yeah, I think we're gearing you know up. Though, here.
2: You know, though, if Billy is on Mars, this podcast becomes amazing.
0: Yes. Oh, <laughs> totally, totally.
2: He's, hey, look, he sounds like he is. Oh, look, hey,
1: Billy, turn your mic on, unmute yourself, bro.
0: You just been listening, and Billy, and that's Am- how, amateur.
3: And that's how I find out that she was. Uh, oh, oh, I'm oh, sorry.
1: Did you see the Kirk Smith story? No, I
2: didn't. Tell me about
0: it. Oh, well, this, uh, this we is tell good for the podcast anyway. He <laughs> you may, he got called you out may, by a group of, yeah. I think, six people went to the Board of Commissioners meeting on Monday night. He just laced him for his online behavior, the things that he says on mm-hmm. Facebook and the, the Truth Seekers group. And mm-hmm. he waited until the end of the meeting and gave about a 12-minute prepared response that was largely sourced by like national review and the patriot post and Mm -hmm. says that you know black people commit more crimes against white people than white people commit against black people He just he absolutely doubled down yeah so the herald had that today okay we have not yet reported it the herald did a pretty good job with it okay and i don't know i don't know what we necessarily have to add but kirk smith's the same kirk smith he's been
2: I mean, there's a little bit of a, a little bit of a history in Lee County of online personas, uh, yeah. <laughs> being a thing,
0: yeah. Well, that was another one of your great stories. You were at the Independent then, but you broke the story about the founding fathers' blog being operated by.
2: Uh, I mean, that Jim was Watt. all. That was all driven by Billy Liggett, because uh, I I remember uh, talking about about writing about that um, that piece when we were when I was at the Herald. And, and the James Madison uh, moniker that we were seeing. So yeah, now that's, you can give credit to Billy Liggett for that, even though it didn't get published there.
3: No, it, for some reason it did not. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he doesn't want that credit.
3: No, no, it just, uh, you know, Through no fault of that's, his not, own. that's not, it's not true. I think <laughs> I wrote a column about it once. But oh really? Yeah. And I think we mentioned an editorial, but no, we were, we, we never got the green light to go ahead with that story for for reasons unknown. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Hey, sorry about my Wi-Fi issues, guys. But it looks like it's uh looks like it's
0: back got it normal. all cleared up. Oh, good. So, Billy. So, you Billy. Okay. Go do ahead. Do you live in in Raleigh or is it Mars?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, which Billy? <laughs>
3: uh, well, uh, really quick, really quick, funny story um when uh we had the opening after I fired Gordon. <laughs>
1: it's a new day <laughs> in, in the Herald. Herald. <laughs> we uh
3: <laughs> we we had a lot of applicants come in, and uh um Billy Ball was actually suggested to us by um your friend Betsy at Durham Herald's son and a couple other people I think Rick bean even even went to bat for you there and no offense to Billy I had no idea who he was but I didn't like anything that Paxton told me to do so (laughs) so I had no interest in in hiring him because I was you know you just get this he's a spy right well you get defensive also and you're like Mm -hmm. but then you know interviewed him he was great and uh one of the things I did ask him very early on though is would you consider writing as William Ball because I thought having four people on staff and two of them named Billy would be almost slightly confusing and I give him respect his quick answer was no
2: (laughs) that's that's hilarious I don't remember you asking me that it's very
3: yeah
2: no I was like nobody's ever called me William Ball that's that's like
1: we were talking about before we started
2: recording that
1: Billy Liggett's name is actually Billy, like on yeah. his license.
2: That's so. a first name. That's, <laughs> that's that's cool, man. I got respect for that. You, That's a straight-up first name.
0: Billy Joel Liggett. Yeah. <laughs> I always regret that at the beginning of my writing career, I didn't abbreviate to my first initial and use my middle name and be G. Murray, G. G. Murray Anderson. It yeah. just sounds so much more dignified.
1: Yeah, but that guy. Yeah, that's a good name.
0: You can't. Yeah. I've been writing for, like you said, 20 years now start now it's too late to change
2: yeah just you're a young guy just start, turn over a new leaf yeah
0: you know? when i'm an old guy i'll i'll be g murray
2: so billy <laughs> so Ball, what
1: does uh what does carol uh cardinal and pines election coverage look like when are, when are you going to start ramping that up and what?
2: Uh, uh yesterday Um, (laughs) okay (laughs) yeah so we got uh yeah we're going to have a lot of election coverage to do and I I do think that one of the things that we're going to try to avoid is we get plenty of that classic horse race coverage from from uh the tv stations Mm -hmm. and and uh and and papers and and no disrespect to any of that but I I think there's plenty of that so I think that what we're going to try to do at Cardinal and Pine is we're not going to try to replicate something that they've done. It's it's make something that, that's more nuanced, make these these election stories about issues, because I think everybody knows that these elections have, have turned into personality, personality stories mostly. And, and so we want to focus on those issues that that matter not just to, to uh, progressive North Carolinians, but to moderates and conservatives, you know, uh, issues with, with public education and income inequality and healthcare access, there's no party affiliation to any of those things. And and their impact, they, they don't care what your party affiliation is when, when they come around to impact you. And I, I think that that's something that's already made absolutely crystal clear with the coronavirus, <laughs> you know, oh, that's. Yeah. That, that's been pretty clear. So I think that we're going to have plenty of election coverage, but and, and, and people love talking about polls, and, and the polls are interesting when we get them. And, and we're certainly going to spend some time focusing on that, that uh, Senate race between Tom Tillis and Cal Cunningham, and, and, uh, and of course, the presidential race, which is, is just looking very fascinating in North Carolina. I don't think anybody knows how North Carolina is going to turn out in the Uh presidential election and the the Tillis and Cunningham race is as close as you will ever see (laughs) in the, in the numbers. Right. Uh, So, um, and and then, and it could very
1: well decide the Senate too. I mean, it's very important this year.
2: It is a, it's a crucial race. And then, and then to go to the state level, uh, I think that there's a lot of, uh, Mm. uh, there's a lot of energy on the Democrats side for, for, for their belief that they can, they can take, at least one of the chambers in the legislature. You know, I think that we're going to be looking at new maps. Gerrymandering's been a huge issue in North Carolina. The the, the election results, the, the the people that we've been electing in North Carolina for some years now, have have borne very little resemblance to to uh, what party or, or or what ideas people are voting for. And you know, we're looking at, at new maps, thanks to the courts and uh, congressional maps and state legislative maps and. And, and so it'll be really interesting to see what our representation looks like. Obviously, those maps are still flawed, but, you know, they've got to be better than they were <laughs> um, right. when it comes to fairness. So, uh, so I think that uh, we're certainly going to have plenty of election coverage, and it's only going to get more heated over the summer. I, I think that just about everybody has had to, to, to reallocate all of their resources and their attention to coronavirus. Uh, When it hit and then and then, of course, the the protests after George Floyd's killing as much as you want to spend all of your time talking about elections, these these things are are once theoretically once in a generation moments and they're happening simultaneously, right. So everybody had to figure out what their resources were and how they were going to put it in media and, and we're no different.
0: Previous to the 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 protest beginning. Did you feel did you ever start to feel crazy about coronavirus like it got to a point where we were getting the numbers every afternoon and that was almost all that was on the rant because it was all that was happening yeah and uh, you know and people then get critical of you because you're reporting it and it's just like <laughs> damn it I don't want to be writing this stuff every day either it's just it, it, there was a, a point at which my brain felt pretty fried
2: yeah yeah and and we can't afford you know you know to get on a little bit of a high horse I don't think we can get away from from, from reporting those numbers. They're terrible numbers and and we need to know them. You yeah. know, I don't think that, you know, when we talk about these counties where we're seeing these huge spikes right now in coronavirus infections and yet people are out in the streets acting like coronavirus is over. Yeah, Precisely the moment that it's never been worse in North Carolina for COVID. And, and I understand everyone who's like that because it's exhausting. And, you know, I've got three kids and and I'm in here with with my wife and and, and we're all working and, and, and trying to do the best we can. And I know there are many other people in these situations who, yeah, your brain just gets fried and and you have to find new ways to present it to. Um, yeah. And find those stories that that people aren't writing about. And I think people are on to the the racial disparities in that data. Um, they're on to the the income issues in the, in that data and and the healthcare access issues that are becoming very clear when you look at it, but uh, but also you know we wrote about this some weeks back at Cardinal and Pine the the huge difference um, in, in rural versus urban outcomes mm-hmm. when when people have infections and so yeah I I think it does fry your brain to talk about coronavirus so often but but I think that it's it's a public need and and, and I think journalists have to have to look at to that work as. It's very much a public service. Yeah.
3: Have any of your reporters uh, covering protests or covering um, some of these uh, events going on in Charlotte and Raleigh? Mm-hmm. I, I know across the nation, journalists have uh, kind of gotten in the middle of it, just doing their jobs. Yeah. Injuries and and uh, and various trauma. Have mm-hmm. any of your freelancers or any of your reporters run into any problems covering?
2: covering you those? know. I have to give about 100 shout outs to, to Grant Baldwin, who's a, a photographer extraordinaire who's been doing a lot of work for us. And, and um, you know, he did some, some fantastic uh, photography of the the protests uh, when the reopen crowd was coming around to Raleigh, of the protests in Charlotte after George Floyd's killing. Um, yeah, I mean, I talked to that guy and he got he got pepper sprayed, he got, you know, he got pepper balled, he got tear gas in his face. Um, you know, and, and the the next day he was editing these photos for me, and 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 he told me he really just wanted to sleep fourteen hours. Um, you know, yeah, I think there are journalists out there who are who are, who are putting themselves on the line, but but there's a, a message that 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 needs to come through loud and clear. And I think one of the frustrating things for for a lot of people who were who were looking at these protests was was the media coverage became so obsessed with whether. Whether the protests were were quote unquote peaceful or violent, that they stopped talking about why people were protesting in the right. first.
3: Let's see, a classic uh, bait and switch there, but um, yeah,
2: or yeah. diversion,
3: I guess. Uh, but um, you, uh, all of us, we have a front seat to to and what's going on here. Interested in, in your thoughts? Often when these uh, when these senseless killings happen. We have a week of protests, you know, even Charlottesville, which you would thought would have would have turned the tide. But, you know, after a week or two, it 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 goes comes and goes with the news cycle. Mm -hmm. This feels like it has more staying power. This feels like it's continuing to grow. Uh, I'd I'd like to hear your thoughts on um, you you called this a once in a lifetime movement. Is this going to change things?
1: It's weird. It's weird what changes things. You know, you'd think that like Sandy Hook would have really changed everything for gun control. And yet Parkland had more of an impact
2: mm-hmm.
1: and it wasn't first graders, you know, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. it's weird. I guess maybe it's a perfect storm, perfect time.
2: type thing. I think ideas, sometimes they need to gestate, you know, they need to, that needs to marinate for a little while. And, and, and yeah, George Floyd was not the, the, the the first Black American who who was killed through some very disturbing means in, in interactions with police, he won't be the last. And so I I, I do think uh, you know it's really hard to say about staying power because I understand exactly what you're saying, mm-hmm. Billy. When you, you say that these past movements really they would flame up and then and then and then flame out after the news cycle. And our news cycle has been hyperactive for years now. <laughs> and so. That said, uh, I've had a lot of people who 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 believe in, in the movements, in the Black Lives Matter movement, um, who who believe that this is a turning point. That that uh, that you know, we had a commentary this morning saying that, that 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 after coronavirus, after George Floyd, like we can't go back. You know, we're not going back to 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 the way things were. It's it it's not palatable and it's and and probably not possible. Things have changed. And uh, I think people are, are, are gonna have to learn that. I think politically there will be ebbs and flows, but but I think that more and more Americans are not only cognizant of racial inequality in this country. I think most people were aware that people are talking about that racial inequality, but they believe it. Um, you know, they they've seen enough of it to for for these things to to really sort of marinate and, and become more compelling to them because yeah, just the one instance, the one, you know, Trayvon Martin, you know, these instances, I, I think that they, they have had the effect of of where they've accrued and, and, and sort of changed some people's minds. If
3: if George Floyd was the first, then this isn't a story. It, it, all the, all of them mattered leading up to now. I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm very happy to see it. I, uh, Coming from um, a red state and still having family and friends in that red state, Mm -hmm. I'm getting a slight kick out of seeing the building annoyance of the Mm -hmm. staying power of this because you have your arguments that, that you stick with, but when they no longer work and when when you're dealing with what's called cancel culture now <laughs> it's uh uh and then they start spouting off you know first amendment no that's not what the first amendment does buddy. you have the you have the right to say it um but you certainly don't you know you can't control the way people react to it and uh it just feels it feels different here i i hope it's different i really do. i really
0: different. feel like we've reached a point where the phrase black lives matter has become a lot less controversial for a lot of people to, to, to say and to accept. It's, it's been around for several years now, but, and I'm not saying it's no longer controversial for some, but Mm -hmm. for a lot more people, a lot more middle of the road, non-political types, it seems to be being repeated more, uh, more often and, and accepted Mm -hmm. more.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, you know, I don't know that anybody could have predicted NASCAR taking the, making the decision it did about the Confederate flag. That there've been a lot of things yeah. that, that that made me turn my head twice and say, is that a fake story? And the NASCAR <laughs> one was, was, I didn't see that coming. And obviously NASCAR, there are a hundred questions about how they're going to enforce that and whether, whether people who uh, I think there will be, mm-hmm. The, the sort of opposite effect probably at the first races when people come back. I, I think there's going to be a, uh, a resistance to, to these ideas and it'll be interesting to see how much NASCAR actually enforces that says, Hey, you can't come in here with that, you know? Sure.
1: Well, I think that NASCAR probably, and I haven't read your story yet, but, uh, I look forward to it. Um, uh, I, I think that they kind of see the writing on the wall though, that they have to change. Um, just to survive because it, their ratings aren't great anyway, yep. and they can't be seen as a, a regional sport anymore. And yep. well,
3: they're, they're really it. It goes back to the 1960s when the civil rights movement was happening, and people fought that. Um, people who dug their heels in the ground against it really thought that they that they were on the right side, and it's not it's not as uh, pronounced today but there are people still digging in their heels and eventually they're going to figure it out that i mean some won't of course but um eventually a lot of people will figure it out that you know (laughs) it's Mm -hmm. uh it's inevitable and uh and then hey once um once we're all equal and all happy we can go help our gay and trans brethren and sisters and they've got a big uphill battle to go to now too so
0: going back to cardinal and pine billy i wanted to ask you how this opportunity presented itself to you and what made you decide to make the jump
2: It was uh, one of the hardest professional decisions i've ever had to make because i i loved what i was doing at policy watch and i love what policy watch is still doing and and one of the things that my first reaction when when car, when folks with courier approached me about it was was oh man it it's really hard to imagine leaving here because I, I love what we're doing here at Policy Watch but so basically uh, folks at Courier reached out and, and said they want to make North Carolina priority and 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 they wanted North Carolinians who who, uh, who who knew what they were talking about because they understood as well that that this is it needs to be a credible a credible attempt to make a a non-traditional news outlet work in the state and, and and policy watch through, through Chris Fitzsimon and through Rob Schofield and and many other people who, who, who used to work there and and continue to work there through Melissa Baltman, Greg Childress and, and, and Lisa Sorg and Joe Killian. Like these are, these are people who, uh, have invested a lot of work and time into, uh, policy Watch's product and, and, uh, and, policy watch as well was is, is part of a non nonprofit you know this is so so this isn't a uh, people aren't looking at this work anymore as, as 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 a way to make money because it stopped being that a long time ago so you know when the the folks at, at courier reached out to me they they, they clearly had good interests in, in in making facts first and and they were progressive and they were looking for somebody to 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 try to, uh, to to try to make this work in North Carolina and, and make it work effectively. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, in the end, I, I saw it as 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 another chance to to really compete with that misinformation that I talked about before. The the, the mm-hmm. sheer amount of money and, and and effort that are that are coming from some folks on social media to distort the truth or to outright lie. To me, it, this was another chance to fight that and. And if it was my mindset that if it was happening in North Carolina, um, I would love to be involved in it. Anything, mm-hmm. you know, and and hopefully I can, can can do my best to make that work and to, to make it work effectively. But what's the what's the one I mean, step? What's
3: the business? Um, not the business plan. I'm going to ask you to lay down how you make your money or anything. But it, are there print publications involved in this? Are you strictly 100 no. online? Is it is we it podcast and video? Is it
2: yeah, there's uh, there's video. There will be a lot more. As I said, we're ramping up the staff, um, and and eventually there will be podcasts. Uh, that's that's certainly a plan for us. But but you know we're we're funded by a nonprofit. We don't sell ads on the site. There's no print product. Um, and and what we're here to do is to, to to try to put the truth out there and to. And certainly, as as someone who writes progressive commentaries, I want to persuade people as well to why I think these ideas make sense and why I think they're good for North Carolinians. So, so for us, it's not so much a business plan as it is how we're going to judge our success differently than than other folks. You know, we're not going to look at a chart that says that 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 this many people are reading us. One of the things we want to see is that people from different different backgrounds, from from different occupations, uh, we want to see. Uh, a very diverse group of readers um, and, uh, and of course in, in my instance I want to persuade um, our reporters are, are are out there trying to to make sure that that they're putting the facts in front of people so um, so yeah that's how we're going to judge success and um, you know I, I've said this before that that uh, I think that, that journalism these days, with, with with it failing on a on a business model wise, um, even some of our best the best papers in the state who've had great work for years are, are struggling with layoffs and making their their site work. You know, it's not going to be enough for their reporters to be tweeting out, "Hey, remember to subscribe." We really need you to subscribe. Like, it has to be bigger and and more thoughtful and intentional than that. And it's going to require, honestly, it's going to require philanthropists. It's going to require people who want to fund fund uh, journalism and and look at this as a, as a public good. And I think that that, that mindset is shifting. It worked for policy watch and, and, you know, we certainly had to fight some battles with traditional outlets along the way. And Cardinal Pine is going to as well. You know, I, I think in the. Some
3: people might be, some people might be uh, uh, put off by the word. I want to persuade, Mm -hmm. but, but even you go back to the early days of newspapers in America, I mean, hasn't that always been, the the goal with the newspaper is to persuade that's why we have opinion pages that's why people when people get worried about that word and start to tossing out words like propaganda and stuff it, it upsets me a little bit because you know it's the way the journalism industry has always been yes you are reporting on things that happen and you're reporting accurately but there is an element of uh of trying to persuade people in the things that you believe are right and that you mm-hmm. believe are just, and it's up to the readers to to uh, determine your trustworthiness and your whether your goals are genuine. So mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I, I like that word, and I hope other people don't hear that word and and get worried about that.
2: Yeah, and, and I think, you know, first and foremost with reporting, we want to persuade people, because this is a thing we have to persuade people to do now, persuade them to rely on facts, and then when I talk about persuade in the in the progressive commentaries I write anybody who writes a commentary who isn't trying to persuade somebody or says they aren't is being disingenuous Why else are you writing your commentary right. I mean that's why you're there you' there's a there's a battle of ideas and 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 you believe in your ideas and and, and that doesn't mean that that the other the other ideas shouldn't be heard I, I read those as well it takes all kinds. So yeah, I, I think you're right. I don't think people should fear that as much. The the idea of persuading. I think what you should fear is a complete lack of truthful information. If there is an overwhelming amount of information on on, on Facebook, particularly, that's just fake, then that's something to really be afraid of. I think.
0: I th- I think that you're if you're going to achieve the the goals that you've stated, particularly with kind of filling the gap in some of these places with news deserts and more rural areas, it's going to require some persuasion. So you have to be upfront about that, you know, places with news deserts and, and more rural, rural areas tend to be redder areas and y- you're going to have to do some persuading to get people to take you seriously. Sure. Um, uh,
2: I think any news outlet has any new news outlet. Your credibility is what you're trying to sell. And, and uh, I think that uh, it, it's going to be a challenge for for them. It's it's a big task. We got a lot of work ahead of us, and and and, and not just us. I think anybody in journalism has a ton of work ahead of them because uh, people might think that you know e- even like the basic newspapers, the the News and Observer, the Charlotte mm-hmm. Observer, they're well aware that that they have the same credibility issues out in those redder rural areas. As well, fair or unfair. And and so I think that, uh, yeah, it, th- there's a lot ahead of us. So wish us luck.
0: <laughs> yeah. You guys seem to be doing a great job so far.
2: I'm optimistic about it. I, I think that, uh, that there are good people uh, working on this. I love the staff that we've been able to put together. I'm really optimistic about those new ideas and and the intention behind Courier, and and also seeing this as as a long term thing. We're not just here to try to cover the 2020 election. I, misinformation is not going anywhere. <laughs> right. I, I think post Trump, we all like to imagine that all of it vanishes, and I don't believe that.
3: Real quick, what was your best uh, experience slash memory from your short time at Sanford? Sanford, North Carolina,
2: <laughs> <laughs> the Sandtrap. Yeah. Um, Sand trap. You know this is going to sound weird, but I think covering the uh the the tornado, the, oh, the yes. effort the effort that that the Herald team put together to make that work with with so few people, uh you know, it, every newsroom is on a, a razor thin budget now, and 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 you're talking about three or four people trying to to do their best to cover what should take 20 to 30 people Were uh, you in the car with us oh yeah,
3: that yeah, day? yeah that's right yeah <laughs> Me, you, john um, and alexa maybe yeah
1: yeah i think that's right it was uh, like a war zone it was scary <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know,
2: like, so yeah that was a really like hard day but it was also like one of the time, when, when yeah when you like see exactly why you do this work and and why it, it's so important and and I thought the the Herald really knocked it out of the park with that work, um, and uh, was getting out information in such a timely fashion um, through through social media as well. Really, uh, that's a traditional paper that was doing a good job on Twitter. Yeah, that paper. was
3: uh, that was my first foray into Twitter. I didn't know a lot about it, but I knew that that was because we didn't have Wi-Fi out there, and you know our phones weren't weren't, it wasn't that easy to post to Facebook without wifi for some reason at that time. And for some reason, uh, well, because all the phone, all the phone lines were down too. For some reason we could still tweet. Cause it took very little, you know, juice to get out a tweet. And so we yeah. were just tweeting left and right. And it became a thing for us. So, yeah. yeah. Hey Gordon, have you, when, uh, before I joined, did you share the news that, uh, of our email that we got?
0: Today. I did mention yeah, that we yeah, we're we were speculating that you were so gobsmacked by it that that's why you were unable to make your zoom in <laughs> yeah, I, we said
1: we said you were making your own call to Scott Mason, like well, those guys those guys let, don't do anything. We,
3: just let know. me let me clarify this. I, I, I read the email once. I didn't go back and read it, but so he mentions Black Lives Matter and coronavirus and did he use that as a reason why he's going to be in Sanford, or does he use that as a reason why he wants to interview the rant? I didn't understand what he was trying to say there.
0: I, I, didn't, I, well, I only read it once yeah, before it came in right that. before, I, I guess we should clarify. We've been contacted by WRAL about a, a feature on the rant.
3: Yeah. On is, the rant though. Right. Or are we just going to be part of a feature about black lives matter?
1: I don't
0: know. Well, I'd, I'd like, like to think that weird. he was complimenting our coverage. Hey, you guys
2: are white. <laughs> you know <what's> yeah. <laughs> that would be a weird choice for that. Um, yeah. But yeah, I hear you guys are getting your, uh, your, uh, Full page treatment, like you guys are come up. All- it's-,
0: <laughs> it's it's yeah, getting what we deserved. That's right.
3: <laughs> Does he do Tar Heel Traveler? Are we, yes. to, yeah, he's the Tar guy. Heel Traveler. Are we going to Is our story? Going I don't know, to know to if that is his only soft music and and B roll of uh bubbling creeks and
1: Maybe he'll meet us at the dairy bar and we'll all eat banana pudding <laughs> yeah. and talk about barbecue.
0: Wait, you guys don't make barbecue sauce? The story's over.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you guys are more of a Metallica ride the lightning background. Uh,
0: there you <laughs> go. Waffle House. There you go. We're
1: going to, we'll meet him at Waffle House. I remember,
3: I remember when the Mike Stone thing happened and we had a couple of national outlets interview us and I didn't take it seriously whatsoever. And I made a couple Superman references and a couple just really off the wall answers to very serious questions, and they included those in the story. And so after that, I decided I'm going to take these things a little more seriously. Although (laughs) I do think it'd be it'd be great if we uh, one of us wore
0: a suit like a tuxedo (laughs) or something, top hat, (laughs) tuxedo shirt. (laughs) Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I need if I'm going to be on TV, I got to get a haircut.
2: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> your, your, your personality. They don't. They don't I'm want you kidding. to
0: do
3: that's
2: right. Yeah.
3: Well, let let us have this moment in time because it, pretty soon it's going to be Cardinal Pine. Uh You like I said, you started. You know the rant. Oh, speaking of, I got a uh, a Facebook notice today that this is the officially today is the 12th anniversary of the beginning of the rant. Our wow. first Happy radio birth. show was 12. years Happy ago Happy birthday, today. rant. Happy birthday, rant. Thirty but dozen. Uh, I was going to say it's Cardinal <laughs> Pine. You guys started just a couple months ago. And already, already I'm, i having to mute you on my feed because it's just so <laughs> much <laughs> just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's so disappointing.
2: We, we just want to irritate everybody. Right. No, but
3: you're, you're, you're getting a lot of comments. You're, you're causing a lot of dialogue. You're, you're getting a lot of likes, you're getting a ton of shares. Um, yeah. uh, and yeah, I, I really, I agree yeah. everything you say about Facebook, but absolutely for us without it, that's how we get, you know, that's how we get our message out. And to see, Newspapers like the Sanford Herald and some of these Paxton papers that won't lift their paywalls, um, mm-hmm. that, uh, that are forcing people to do copy and pay or take photos of the paper to share the story online. Yeah. I don't completely understand how the business side of newspapers works, but that can't be doing well for them to, to keep their content away from people and force them to have to take a physical copy in order for them to
2: read anything they do. That's, that's cool though, that the rant's 12 years old. You guys have got like a middle school aged thing you've got here. So So this is, is, yeah, this is when it gets moody.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Do it it because we hate it. Yeah, (laughs) The emo.
2: pullers are mean. That's, this is a.
0: (laughs) Well, Billy, um, do you just want to repeat where people can find Cardinal and Pine on all your. Oh, you're sure. Time.
2: So just uh, just head on over to cardinalpine.com. We have a we have a little clicker on there where you can subscribe to our afternoon emails, which which give you a rundown on the content. The for now, the coronavirus numbers and and tell you what's coming ahead. And um, and yeah, that's a really good way to stay connected. But uh, but yeah, that's the the thing. Check us out on uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, YouTube, we're out there. We're trying our best and uh, let us know what we're missing. Let us know what we can do better.
0: When when you're doing a great podcast, job. Billy.
3: When you start your podcast, you can get um, the stars of, of Tar Heel Traveler, The Rant, as, as one <laughs> of your guests.
0: That's
2: really why I'm here. This was just, I want to call in that favor later.
0: Well, you, I'm, when when we uh, have the random thing happen where we like ended up on MTV, um, you can count on us to to be nothing but humble and not not wave our hands in the air going look at us.
1: <laughs> we'll put a quarter in your cup. That's right.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you make MTV, Billy, when you when you show up in an episode of catfish, that's when you really will know Cardinal and Pine has made it.
2: <laughs> I think it I think it means that I'm old that I kind of wondered for a minute whether MTV was still around.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's not really. People it's not are watching
2: still, up. <laughs> I, I don't
0: think they play music anymore. I know that much, but speaking <laughs> speaking of aging.
2: Sanford was ahead of the curve. I, I was when I was at the Herald. I remember thinking, "Man, people are mad all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so mad, man." The, the comments in in Sanford, I, I remember commenters like making fun of my hair at county commission meetings. And, stuff. and I was like, "Man, Good Lord. different."